Thank you, Brenda. We will now have the scripture readings. No, there. Okay. The first reading is from Zechariah 9 through 12. You can find that on page 944 in the Church Bible. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your kings coming to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim, and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free you from prisoners from the waterless pit, return you to your fortress, O prison, prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Here ends the first reading. Second reading is from Romans 7, verses 14 through 25. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives, lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me, for in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this death, body of death? Thanks be to the God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Gospel is from Matthew 11, 25-30 found on page 966, in the respect of the gospel, please rise. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Here ends the reading. We're going to focus today on, on the words that were just read, particularly from Matthew uh, 11, 25 to 30, where Jesus talks about his yoke. Well, I'm going to start and uh, just mention about a guy who is a, kind of a clumsy man, and he was long unemployed. And finally, he was able to get a job in a China factory. And uh, he was working there for just a couple of days when he dropped a very large, expensive vase. He was called to the manager's office and told that he'd have to pay for this vase and that the money would just be deducted from his salary each week. Uh, well, how much did the vase cost? The man asked. $3,000, said the manager. That's wonderful, the man replied. This makes me so happy, I'll have a steady job for a long time. <laughs> well, one might say there are some good jokes and some not so good jokes and some bad jokes. And in the same way, we're told in our gospel reading today that there are good yokes and there are also some not so good yokes. The one on the left is one that was made recently and the other one is kind of an old one. And in Bible times and also for many centuries, even up probably maybe even into the 1900s, uh, there were yokes that were made in order to uh, keep the fields taken care of. Um, it was a device for uh, kind of harnessing oxen together. And these are some that I saw just a little over a week ago um, in visiting a Norwegian uh, farm museum near La Crosse, Wisconsin, where I was uh, there for a car show. You can kind of check them out, right? Uh, yoke is kind of a, a stet, very sturdy wooden frame that has two loops or hoops hanging down. And uh, the head of an ox was firmly hitched to each of those two loops of wood that are hanging down on those yokes. And uh, then the team of oxen was hooked to a cart or a plow or some other piece of farm machinery. And the yokes had to be made heavy enough and so as they would not break as these sturdy oxen would lumber along performing a given farm tax. So furthermore, uh, once the yoke was on the two oxen, neither one could lie down 
alone or together for that matter. And they were compelled to stand or, or walk as their driver desired. But again, we might say there are some good yokes and some bad yokes. And today, our, our gospel reading speaks about a good yoke. People can then handle the yoke of their burdens and their troubles in one of two ways. Either they can go it alone or become overwhelmed by them or they can release one side to someone who can help. One way leads to despair and the other leads to hope and joy and accomplishing the task. And our question for today is, who will carry your yoke? Will you or will you allow Jesus to also help in bearing the load? Well, first let's talk about the hopeless yoke. This is the yoke carried by those who are physically or emotionally weary of trying hopelessly to find peace within themselves or in this troubled world that we live in. And these are often people like us, overwhelmed inwardly by anxiety, guilt, shame, low self-esteem, and there may be some here this morning whose life is in a turmoil. Mine kind of is right now, just getting through this, this uh, accident and recovering. And uh, so, uh, you somehow, you know, you, you just can't seem to get it all together. Like, what am I going to have to do? I'm asking myself to recover and get back into my normal life. And uh, those problems also uh, sometimes come up in being yoked to other people. And you probably realize, too, sometimes other people's problems have a way of becoming ours. It's sometimes called enabling and allowing them to to suck us into their problems. And by nature, we're often enablers, allowing others to lay guilt and shame and maybe also just their expectations on us. And quite often, this is a yoke that's carried by those who are burdened with the guilt of God's law. These are people who want to do everything right, but they soon realize they just can't. And when they don't live up to their own expectations or the goals that they set for themselves and others' expectations for them, they become miserable. And life for them becomes so difficult it leads to depression. And this yoke of burden is also carried by those who overlook 
the easy yoke that Jesus lovingly offers to us in this gospel reading today. A wrecking company once advertised its work with this slogan. We could wreck the pyramids of Egypt. Well, that might be a good slogan for a wrecking company, but it isn't really a, a very good principle for our own life. And yet people sometimes make that their principle for living, that we can handle it, we'll just wreck something. And they continue to be also like the religious leaders of Jesus' day. They labor under the presumptions that they need their salvation, that's something that they, they can somehow handle by themselves. And uh, their need to be in control of their own destiny becomes a heavy burden, sometimes even an obsession. And sometimes these control freaks have a way of making their own lives miserable along with the lives of others whom they seek to control. And in the process, they live under a yoke of destruction. Their focus on self and an endless, unresolved pursuit of power can destroy themselves and also others. Getting a little dry. <laughs> and you know, when, when we do that, and when we try so hard and yet can't find relief, then Jesus Christ invites us to cease our own futile efforts and to turn to the relief that's found in the good news that he and only he brings. So to all have grown exhausted in their own efforts to be accepted by God and by others, to those who are sick and tired of trying to observe God's favor by leading a good life, to all who are weary of trying to control things and also of maybe getting involved with wrecking either themselves or their eternal future, the invitation comes from Jesus. I will give you rest. You see, Jesus' yoke isn't a, a yoke of oppression, but, but rather an unburdening yoke carried by those who already know God's peace in their heart. And this is the yoke that is carried by those who live under the umbrella of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Living in the freedom of the gospel tells us and tells these people they're okay. They don't have to always be controlled by their own expectations or by the expectations of others. 
They realize that they're not yet perfect, but that's okay. Because the Bible tells them God accepts them and he loves them, the sinners that they are, and they relinquish control and let Jesus be the Lord of their lives and let him carry their burden of sin to his cross. In um, an almost hidden and secluded corner of a New York cemetery is a, a small gravestone polished smooth by the wind and the years and weather all along those years. And the stone bears no name, nor is there any date inscribed on it. And to the stranger passing by, it really tells nothing about the person whose final resting place it marks, nothing except one thing. Still legible there on the face of the fading stone, the leather, letters that neither wind nor weather have has been able to erase is a single word, forgiven. That's a powerful word for our lives. The nameless person had rated no monument particularly. There aren't any bronze plaques or anything embossed with that person's feats or accomplishments or goals achieved or battles won. Just a simple stone and one single word, forgiven. But what a glorious, what a victorious word, forgiven. Could any epitaph be more appropriate? to have found forgiveness at the hand of a merciful God, forgiveness because of the death of his son for us. Could anything be more wondrous? And to think that this forgiveness is ours right now and forever. What a blessing. This easy yoke of Christ is carried by those who come to learn freely from the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, and the application of them in worship and education activities in the church and Christian families. This easy yoke helps either to entirely remove the burdens of life or at least to ease them. As little children sometimes eagerly want to learn and, and try new things, those who are blessed to be yoked with Jesus in holy baptism carry the yoke of Christ eagerly and freely learn from his word and desire to put it into practice. Things become easy once they're learned these truths of God. And the reason that this yoke of God's children is an unburdening yoke 
is because it was carried first by the true Son of God for sinful humankind. And now this yoke is carried by believers. Since the hard work of, of salvation has already been completed by our Savior on Calvary's cross. Some time ago, a pastor came into his office dreading the day that uh, was coming up because uh, of a project that needed to be done and nothing had been done with it yet. And uh, he had neither the time nor, nor the energy to do it. But much to his surprise, the staff of the church had already completed the project. He was elated. His duty for the day was made easy. It made him thankful and happy. And so it is with our salvation. The work has already been done. It has already been completed for us. And we can go about the business of serving Christ with joy and thanksgiving without these burdens hanging over our heads. Our Lord's yoke, his easy yoke, can be worn with joyful and thankful hearts. There's an old legend that says that uh, Jesus, as a carpenter, was known for making the best yokes in Galilee. One could even imagine an advertisement maybe over the door of Jesus' carpenter shop touting the, the good fit and, and the comfort of his yokes. And this would lend authenticity to Jesus' words about his yokes making the burden lighter. By his humbleness of heart, Jesus has shown the way by which we can come to him and his Father. By his grace, we can humbly acknowledge the need we have for his mercy in order to carry the burden of our sin and guilt. In doing so, this revelation of God's love for us becomes greater and, and more personal to us each new day. And he exchanges his yoke of peace and rest with us by taking on our yoke and our guilt. Yes, it really is a good yoke, that yoke of Jesus that we wear. May this yoke lift your burdens too, my friends, in Christ Jesus. Amen.